Good morning, friends, and welcome to Coding with Christine Hall. I am so, so excited about my guest today, my very dear friend, Kimberly Jolivet Williams. Good she morning. Here today. Good morning. <laughs> um, so she's here to join us for, let's see, what is today? Today is the first day of National Career Nursing Assistance Day, which Yay. starts a whole week of National Nursing Assistance celebration. So thank you, nursing assistants, for everything that you do. Yes. You help our providers. You take care of our patients. You know, we're, we just would be lost without you guys. That's thank right. you so much. Yes. Thank you for your service. It is also National Fudge Day, guys. You've got to love that. <laughs> I'm not, not going to lie. That's, that is feeling so good. Um, it is also my baby sister's birthday today. Oh, happy birthday. Yes. So, Ashley, happy birthday. We're thinking about you today. Yes. Today is one of my dear friend's birthday, too, Christina. Happy birthday, Christina. Happy birthday, everybody. <laughs> so, um, now, in this season, you know, we have decided to start talking about different specialties. So, Kimberly, you and I teach the virtual instructor-led training courses from AAPC and I get a lot of questions from my students as to what specialty would be a good specialty for me to go into. Mm. And honestly, like that is such a tough question because um, I know that when you and I talk about what specialties do you enjoy, you enjoy specialties that I don't enjoy. <laughs> um, I mean, we can all manage our way through some of those specialties, but you... Yes. You have a special passion, my friend. I do. <laughs> right? You, do, your passions are anesthesia, OB. You also love um, cardiology. Like yeah. those are probably on the last end of my list there. I'm not going to lie. Um, yes, I know we do. Because that's like you with that risk, with that risk management. I'm like, that is not my wheelhouse. <laughs> That's the joy of networking and connecting with people, I think, is that, um, you know, I can rely on you for some of those areas mm -hmm. that I'm not strong in. And you can rely on me for some of those areas that maybe you're not strong in or, are, you know, even our friends. We have lots of friends that are in different areas that they enjoy. Yes. So, um, yes. But I really wanted to pick your brain today about anesthesia. Hey, yeah, I like anesthesia. I yes. finished an audit recently. Well, I didn't finish it. I had some help. I had to call a friend, right? Yes. Um, in anesthesia. So it's, it's something I'm working with right now. And it's very interesting. I, I, I gotta be honest, I still don't have a passion for it, <laughs> but it a I appreciate one. it. Yes. Um, and it's, it's definitely a unique specialty. Um, I tell everybody, I worked in the surgical arena for so many years doing cardiovascular and OB and um, other specialties. But when I went to anesthesia, I was truly humbled because I had to learn from the beginning all the way up because it does not function like the surgical world at all. It's a unique beast of its own. Well, I appreciate anesthesia. Um, I, I have been under anesthesia many times and was very happy to have had yeah, access right. to anesthesia. But... <laughs> yes, me too. It's like, I did not want to go through this knee surgery without that anesthesia. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yes. So, so you you were telling us a little bit about your journey into anesthesia coding. So you were working in surgical coding, mm -hmm. and how did you find that morph over to anesthesia? Yes. Yeah, so I actually was uh, working in my uh, large hospital system as a team lead doing cardiovascular for many many years, and I decided I wanted to make a transition. And so actually anesthesia kind of found me because, you know, when you're on the market looking for a job, you just kind of see what's out there and see who gets you. And I really, really connected with the administrative staff in the HR department. I thought that their values were very unique and very in line with what I was looking for. And so that's what made me transition. I had a great interview. They were a great team. And so I said, hey, let me give it a stab. And I, I tell everybody, all those alphabets behind my name, I just feel like once you get into a specialty, to be sure that you're validated, I get the credential. That's just me. I, I want to get it. I study for it. And so um, I really had to study for anesthesia because, again, it does not function like the surgical world. Very different. And it, it's funny that you say that you were, you were just out there looking. Um, I had our friend... Jennifer McNamara on, and she was talking to us about orthopedics and she was yeah. kind of the same story. I was mm -hmm. looking for one thing and I found myself in yes. and I found a passion. So That's it. yes. And you know, Jennifer, she's a dear friend of mine too. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So it seems that a lot of us have found that pathway. Yeah. And if you're interested in, in uh, exploring, you have to put yourself out there. I think that's right. the, the thing that resonates the most is mm -hmm. You have to put yourself out there. Um, you know, I was talking to another good friend of mine last night and she had shared with me that she was also thinking of, I need a change. Mm -hmm. I need some spice. I That's need it. something different. Right. Yes. And yes. you never know where that urge is going to take right. you. You don't. Follow the urge. That's right. And you have to be open. <clears throat> I always tell everybody, be open, be flexible, see what's out there. Don't close any doors because I would have never thought anesthesia would be for me. But the, the opportunity presented itself and I was open and I explored it. So don't turn away any opportunity. Just always be open and be flexible and just see where things lead. So I guess I have to ask. What are your favorite anesthesia codes? What do you find the most interesting? What is the, the one thing that you open a record and you're like, oh, yes. <laughs> well, you know what? I truly enjoy all anesthesia codes. And the reason being is because, again, I did the surgical arena for so long. Anesthesia works very different when you code multiple procedures. It's not coded in the same way as surgical procedures, meaning you don't code multiple codes, multiple anesthesia CPT codes in most cases. Now, you do have those unique ones that I love, like the labor to see cases, and those are very unique to how you code them. But I, I really enjoyed the whole spectrum of anesthesia. Um, I love the genre that it taught me of paying attention to minutes and how the time minutes and the start time and end time is so important and how to just navigate through that and understand the anesthesiologist time versus the surgery time for the surgeon and just processing all of that. So I, I really, I enjoy all aspects of it because again, it was so new and fresh. I was like a little kid in a candy store, just learning, you know, grabbing all those nuggets. And I had wonderful mentors to help and 
guide me along the way. So yeah, it's been great. <laughs> I am so glad to hear that. You know, and it's funny that you mentioned that because minutes, minutes, um, you know, that varies whether they're using ASA, whether we're using CPT, what the payer is. That's um, right. What I found in just in the little tiny glance of anesthesia that I had um, was so many differences in the payers and and how we report anesthesia based on the payer itself and the limitations that some of the payers have. Exactly. Yes, especially with the maternity and the OB. That um, that methodology it can be tricky from payer to payer, uh, and what their guidelines, what they require and how they pay that OB maternity reimbursement. So yes, you definitely always want to look into your payer guidelines. And you know, we preach that all the time. Look at those payer contracts because like I'm in Texas, you're in Florida. The rules are different. And so the only way you can make sure that you are doing it accurately is by learning, researching, and making yourself confident and get that reassurance from those authoritative sources. You know, you want to use CMS. You want to go to OIG and look at the rules and especially go to ASA, right? Because they are the ones that make those rules. That's the American Society of Anesthesia. So mm-hmm. definitely want to use all of those good authoritative sources to make sure that you're doing it accurately and you're putting things in so that it could get paid right the first time, right? Absolutely. And 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 I was also, you mentioned the ASA. Um, when I was preparing, there were a lot of very instructional videos on YouTube that I was able to tap into to get a good idea or at least a good launching point of of uh, where I should start with anesthesia and and what you said about those payer resources was just resounding. Mm-hmm. Everyone said, "Grab your payer resources." That's there, it. that's what is so very important. Yes, you know, I tell everybody, go to YouTube University. That is my Kimberlyism. You can use that YouTube University and you can use that Google University to help you get the knowledge you need. It's all we are so fortunate in this 2022 age. Things are at our fingertips. You know, everything we need, we can pretty much find if we take the time and just be diligent and research it. And so uh, there are wonderful resources out there. Um, that I love to listen to. Um, there's Doris the Coder on on YouTube. There's um, Kelly Dennis. She has a uh, um, Kelly's Tips and Anesthesia on YouTube. Those are two very good uh, resources that I know are credible, and uh, you'll get some good information. Because of course, with YouTube University, it's your onus, right? You have to make yeah. sure that the information you're getting is accurate and correct. So you want to take time and do that. But yes. Hey, Lexi, can you find links to those YouTube pages, Doris the Coder, and who is the other one that you mentioned? Uh, Kelly. It's called Kelly's Anesthesia Tips. It's Kelly Dennis. Mm-hmm. And she also has a website. It's um, perfectofficesolutions.com. Mm-hmm. Oh, and who doesn't need office solutions? Yes. And let me tell you about <laughs> Kelly. One thing I do love about Kelly, um, she was very good for me. When I first started anesthesia, I sent her a question about an audit tool and what I needed to get tips and audit. Do you know she went out there on her uh, University of YouTube and she put something out there for me? And, and put the audit tool out there for me. She has tons of forms. Also, if Lexi can go to her website and go to the forms area, she shares forms for free 
to help new coders in anesthesia to be able to learn and get information. So she's a very good resource. You know, I'm so glad that you mentioned that because that's one thing that I get lots of questions about resources. And, and I know that I have my go-to resources, but without networking, without us chatting, I would have never heard of those other resources that are authoritative, that, you know, we support in the industry. And so I think that's really, really important. Thank you so much, Kimberly, for sharing that information with us. Um, I too, I, I love YouTube university. I love to hear how other people explain things. Um, I'm an audio learner. Mm-hmm. So I always need to have that, that sound, someone explaining things to me. Mm-hmm. And so I use YouTube a lot, but those are a couple of really good resources that I didn't know about. So yes. thank you for sharing that with us. Yes. And you're welcome. Um, you know, Judy Wilson, she teach, uh, taught with us uh, for the VILT. And she is the reason I learned about those. When I first got into the anesthesia arena, she too was one that was very, very helpful um, in my journey and my transition over. And she uh, shared with me about Kelly. And then I reached out to Kelly and she was so warm and so welcoming and very helpful to my journey in anesthesia. So anytime I you know, can share, especially with people that are new and wanting to learn the journey, because again, you know, we have our books, we have our coding manuals, and uh, but I'm like you, I need to hear it from different sources mm-hmm. just to validate and reassure that my thinking of what I think it means and what it's explaining is in line with whatever what the most people that are common in the industry are doing as well. I'm glad that you mentioned Judy Wilson. Um, she's retired now uh, after educating all of us for so many years, but I used her. Uh, AAPC webinars, oh. past webinars as guidance mm-hmm. in, in the anesthesia uh, audit that I was working in as well. Yes. So, yes, yes. yes. She is yes. a good resource for that anesthesia as well. <laughs> so, okay, we have to ask, what do you not like about anesthesia? If you could change anything, if you had the authority to come down and from the CMS gods and ASA and change something, what what would you change? What is the challenge in anesthesia that you think we could make easier or better? Or <laughs> I think the one thing I struggle with is those um, concurrencies. You know, when that time overlap and you have to try to understand and make sure you're following those minutes uh, to make sure you're not... Uh, coding that inappropriately because of any overlaps that, you know, you can't be in more than one place at one time. Right. Um, And, but that can get tricky, you know, because of anesthesia, you are able to supervise, you know, concurrent cases at the same time. And so I think if I had to say one thing that was challenging for me, it was working those reports. Absolutely. That concurrency is very difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And especially when you're working with teaching hospitals and we have students and we have CRNAs and anesthesia assistants um, and multiple cases going on at one time, Mm -hmm. that concurrency definitely is probably one of the biggest challenges for Mm -hmm. anesthesia. It Um, is, it is, uh, it is. And it can open you up um, to, 
making a slight mistake, you know, if you don't get yourself educated and you don't, again, get the right resources, the right education from ASA and authoritative mm -hmm. sources, because it is tricky. And like I said, I came from the surgical world where you didn't have to really deal with that. And so right. when you go to the anesthesia world, those are the things that are unique to anesthesia. And, and so you have to make sure you're educated and you bring yourself up to par so you don't make those little mistakes that can happen. Yeah, I was I was reading a surgical note not too long ago, and it was a it was a silly note, and it was a a, a child had put something in their ear, and <laughs> so they brought the child in to to have that removed, that foreign body removed from their mm -hmm. ear, and it also included anesthesia. The code did, mm -hmm. and what I found interesting was that the procedure itself took one minute. Mm. However, anesthesia was 15 minutes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so there is always that big difference there. Yes, that's right. Time, surgery versus. Yeah. And because, you know, for surgery coding, most of the time we don't even look at time. That's you know, right. we're, we, we go, oh, wow, that took so long. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. About that, that's not a whole lot else. But mm -hmm. um, yes. And then in anesthesia, that difference is that time starts ticking as soon as that anesthesiologist provider shows up to start preparing that person. So for, for whatever procedure they're having. So there's uh, that pre-work that has to be done, that pre-anesthesia work that has to be done. So that's when that time starts. It begins as soon as they show up. So that's why it could be different because, of course, the surgery, like you said, could start minutes later and could only take a few minutes. Mm -hmm. And then it doesn't end, right, until that anesthesiologist releases that patient where he can make sure that they're up and they're functioning and everything went well with that anesthesia. So there's a lot of risk. And I really commend the anesthesia providers. You know, they really, like this said, they keep your breath, right? They keep you breathing. That's their whole goal, their whole job. And it's, it has such a high, you know, risk and, you know, things can go, you know, wrong sometimes. So um, I really commend them. And I love my anesthesia providers because Again, they put themselves there to make sure that we all are well anytime we're having procedures that are done and anesthetics need to be involved. Oh, no, I'm a fan of anesthetics. No <laughs> doubt. I don't want to be awake. I know. Although I did do an awake surgery. And, you and told me about that. Yeah, yeah, I did. And, and the anesthesiologist did come and introduce himself and said, hey, I'm going to be on standby in the event that you feel like you can't follow through with this. Mm -hmm. You know, lots of people are brave and say, yeah, I can do this. And then, you know, the, then know, things are okay. getting real when you get into the OR. Um, I don't want any anesthesia for maternity. And then you start to have that baby. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, so it is really important. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to tell you, we're getting a lot of chat today. This oh, is incredible. Am I in the wrong place? Oh, there it goes. There it goes. You got it. So, um, you know, oh, as we were talking friends. about the concurrency logs and things like that, um, Ken, Ken was talking to us about um, legible anesthesia times on the logs. That's mm -hmm. really difficult. Um, yes. I had to actually, Judy Wilson put together a legend of the marks that, that, that anesthesia mm -hmm. providers use when they're mm -hmm. putting together their, their anesthesia charts. Yes. Um, but also I had another friend of ours, Doris Brinker. She yep. showed me how to do those concurrency logs using a spreadsheet. I mean, mm -hmm. that's how difficult sometimes anesthesia can get. So mm -hmm. you're right, Ken, that that can uh, 
that can definitely raise your blood pressure a little when you're <laughs> having a difficult time following those bullets and lines and half lines and half bullets and oh, all those things. Yes, I'm telling you, it is. And that, that that's why I said those are that's the one area. And I am so grateful. Um, I had um, so many people, uh, Jamie uh, Vinoy, she's another one that really, really helped me. Uh, she and I worked together at the company that I joined uh, to do anesthesia. And she's such a seasoned anesthesia coder. And she is the one that kind of helped me. Uh, her and uh, Miss Phyllis Norwood and Patrick, they taught me how to look at those things, go through them, look at those concurrency reports and try to break that stuff down. Because again, I was a novice. I was new. And even though I had been encoding for all those many years, that was a new beast for me. And so you have to, again, be open, be be trainable. You know, we, we right. never know everything. Even as many years as we're in this arena, when you go from one specialty to another, you want to be open, be open book to learn and soak up all that knowledge. Because Different specialties work differently. And anesthesia is one that works very uniquely. It is not like any other specialty. So so rely on your peers. Look to your mentors. Reach out. That seems to be the, the, the answer here to anesthesia. It is. Um, our friend, Caitlin Brock, she also posted that AAPC has an anesthesia specialty newsletter. And she gave us that wonderful link. Um, she also provided us with a sample yes. of that information yes. there. Yes, and um, AAPC is another one too. They are they are very good about providing webinars and education regarding anesthesia. Kelly ha has written some very good articles for that anesthesia newsletter. Also, Kelly Dennis, who I mentioned. So, yeah, AAPC is also another great resource. Um, Caitlin Brock, she says, can we all take a minute to appreciate epidurals? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, she has a new sweet baby girl. So no. I'm sure she really appreciated that when she had that baby girl. Yes. We, we love those epidurals, right? <laughs> Ken says, Ken has a great a little tip for us here. If you shadowed anesthesia, in the OR, you can clearly understand how much it goes into, mm -hmm. especially with kids yeah. where you have to calculate titrations. That's right. It can go from a complete calm to yep. chaos in seconds. That's right. Yeah. So this reminds me of a story. So, I mean, my poor family, I've just run all of our, our medical conditions and situations through the mud. But let me tell you, so one of my sons um, had an ingrown toenail. Okay, well, that sounds really simple, right? Podiatrists, yeah, they take those out. You know, heck, my my uh, my nail lady sometimes she'll be like, anyway. <laughs> um, but whatever the circumstance was, he was not able to have the procedure in the office, and so he had to go into the hospital. And he was just a little guy, you know, mm -hmm. he was young, and yeah. and uh, and I remember having a talk with the anesthesiologist with him and looking at the anesthesiologist and said don't mess this up. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so that's my baby. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I mean about them and their skill. They have to be skilled to, that's another thing that's unique to anesthesia. They have to be skilled to deal with a one-year-old, sometimes younger than one, yeah. all the way up to nine, a hundred, you know, they, their patient clientele can be, you know, any 
any age group, you know, my like, husband had his first surgery at three days old. Yeah. I can't yeah. imagine that the pressure of having mm -hmm. to work on those little newborn babies and wait, we even have procedures that they can do in your euro ah. in utero. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I, yeah. I haven't finished my coffee. Don't judge friends. <laughs> yeah. I know I haven't had mine either. So let's give each other grace. Right. <laughs> yes, right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How very interesting. Yes. They do. They have a lot that is put uh, a lot of pressure and they work really well under that pressure, you know. And so that that's one thing I love. Um, I was fortunate enough that I had a, a CRNA to take one of my courses where I was teaching anesthesia because they, they wanted to get certified. And I thought that was so wonderful. And just the dialogue and being able to communicate with him and understand different things. And he would talk to me about how his hospital ran because he wasn't in Texas and how things were a little, diff a little different in his state than mm -hmm. it was here. And so, yeah, you can appreciate what they do. They take on a lot of risks to make sure that all their patients are very well and come out successful when they're having those procedures. Absolutely. Um, and, and I have to, I have to make one more shout out. Um, Dr. Rosenstock, thank you so much for being here and for everything that you do for the coding community. Um, it, it is, it is absolutely appreciated anytime a physician gets involved in coding. It's, it's so difficult because your job is way more important than our job is. You, you take care of patients and you know, you take care of all of our needs. Absolutely. We all want to make sure that all of our physicians and our providers are paid appropriately. Yes. Right. And it's it is it can be very difficult there. Mm -hmm. And that's um, I say we make every effort to make sure we are informed and we do that research and get that knowledge. So we can do it right the first time because doctors like him, they work very hard and we definitely want to get them their full reimbursement for everything that they do. Um, thanks, Kimberly. Betty just reminded us of something else. You know, we have those qualifying circumstances yes, um, yes. with those patients that have comorbidities that are happening, right. or we also have the physical status modifiers That's because right. of comorbidities. Uh, you know, an anesthesiologist's job is not just giving anesthesia for this particular procedure, but, you know, oftentimes they have to consider the the comorbidities that a patient have or the status that a patient yeah. currently is that's right um, i can't imagine those emergency surgeries where a patient comes in and we don't have a history medication chronic conditions that's right things like that experience. Right. Yeah, yeah. A trauma car wreck. You know, someone comes in and they're in a trauma from a car wreck. And yes, they have to just jump in and try to figure out those physical statuses and see, do they need to implement anything regarding those qualifying circumstances? Because, you know, one of those codes are for an emergency, um, right. you know, and of course, it's, there's a true definition of what that emergency is. You know, I always tell everybody caution when you code emergency for everybody that goes into labor and comes to the emergency room. That it's not the definition. That okay, but you, let me be honest. When, when I went into the emergency room in labor, it was an emergency for me. Right. I understand that, but we have to <laughs> like, we have to know that definition of that of what it is for an emergency, right? And then put that into play. I used to laugh all the time because I see records and they would always put that nine nine one four zero on there, and I'm like, 
that's not emergency. Let's let's go dig and see if we got it, what we got to support this emergency. <laughs> but that's yeah, right. what's is, an emergency to me may not be <laughs> an emergency to the payer. That's right. right. That's we right. often don't see eye to eye when it comes to those, you know, even medical necessity. Medical necessity to me. Um, you know, this line right here, it is medically necessary that we get rid of this. Um, My payer says it's not medically necessary for them. So, so many things that are happening there. Um, Oh, and Jennifer Kane also reminds us that anesthesiologists don't just work with, um, you know, making sure that we can breathe and making Mm -hmm. sure that we're pain-free during surgeries, but they often do some of those procedures that are necessary to monitor patients, arterial lines, Mm -hmm. uh, catheters, things Mm -hmm. like that, that we we often forget that they're able to do. I know that even a a difficult venipuncture, sometimes they'll call in the anesthesiologist to come in and do, or we will ask our anesthesiologist to perform some of those more invasive uh, procedures. The the Mm -hmm. pneumonic breast biopsies are Mm -hmm. often done by anesthesiologists. Yes, and that is true. Yes, they can do any of those unusual monitorings is what they classify those as. It's not that usual. And um, of course, anything that um, by the surgeon's request, because, you know, they even sometimes have to do that uh, post- post-op pain management, um, if it's by the surgeon's request on some of the procedures um, that they have to do. So yes, there are other things other than just the anesthesia in minutes. Uh, yeah, those nerve blocks, Jennifer Kane. Yes, exactly. That's exactly it, those nerve blocks. So there is a spectrum of things that they can do also. Yes. So I think the takeaway for our friends today is that Anesthesia is so very interesting. If you are looking for a change that's going to excite you, challenge you, anesthesia might be the area that you want to go into. Very, very um, specific from other specialty coding. Yes, yes. And it is very, very, very unique. And it does, it gets your your mind flowing again. You know, that's the one thing I loved about it. It's like, you know, when you're in one specialty for so long, you kind of think, you know, you go along, you do the surgery. Oh, I I know how to do the CPT bug. I'm good with the ICD-10. But I loved anesthesia because even with it, I had to learn how to navigate two more books because, you know, we have the ASA crosswalk and we have the ASA RVG guide. And those are the base unit books. And the when you cross over from the surgery code to the anesthesia code. So it just helped me. I was so excited because I got to learn so many different things and use different books. And maybe I'm just wired up as a coding nerd that way. But I did <laughs> love it. I love it. <laughs> I think we've all been called little coding nerds from one time or another. I'm not going to lie that, that I've heard that a few times. Um, so don't forget folks that we've got lots of resources out there. You've got your YouTube university. You have got so many seasoned people in our industry. I know that we've mentioned them. We put some links in the chat box there for you so that you can take a peek at anesthesia. See mm-hmm. if that takes your breath away. Yes, yes, yes. We will be back in two weeks. We have another episode coming up for you. Um, I believe we're going to be talking about FQHCs in two weeks. So if you've ever had any interest in coding for FQHCs, we look forward to having you. Please, please 
uh, connect with my good friend, Kimberly Jolivet Williams. She is the proud owner and instructor at JMCI. And we hope to see you again next uh, episode. So take care, everyone. Yes. And thank you so much for having me. It was my honor to serve and be here today. I really have a terrific, thankful Thursday. (laughs) And go get some fudge. Yes. Go get fudge. Thanks for watching. 